With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode three of the three drink minimum podcast. And just back to recap the Chargers game. Just lost to the Rams 35 to 23. Got some feedback and you guys want more structure. So try to give it a little bit more structure. So we'll start with the top. This will be quick today. We're going to start with the top coaching and then we'll go down with the offense and the defense. And we'll just kind of kind of talk about how everything went. So 35, 23. Let's start with the coaching. So I thought in particular there were what there was one thing that each of the coaches did not do very well. We will start with the head coach, Anthony Lynn. There uh there's been some some turning on Lynn, it looks like last few weeks. They're just lately in the season as the losses as the losses are starting to happen here. Uh, some people are starting to not like Lynn. And I think we're, I think really more, we're just trying to f- starting to find out what type of coach he is or what type of coach he is when the pressure's on or as far as game management and game flow goes. I do not think that Lynn did a good job of understanding the game flow or understanding just how the game was happening. So as they were down yesterday, the offense was like, they were still taking 
until the game clock was running all the way out. And I was just wondering, like, what is going on? Do they understand that they need two touchdowns? And Rivers would like they were moving the ball. They were driving. But that wasn't the point. The point was the, the game clock was running all the way down to like five seconds. And there was like no sense of urgency, no hurry up. And sure, that falls on the, the offensive coordinator. But you, you would think that, hey, like as before the offense goes on to the game, onto the field, whether it's Wiz, Lynn, Rivers, somebody needs to say, all right, we, we have to have like three plays ready to go and we just have to go faster. But that wasn't the, that's not the, the thing that I'm going to bring up for Lynn. I just do not agree at all with kicking a field goal down 15. So it was a fourth quarter. Um, it was fourth quarter, 11 minutes and 54 seconds left in the game. It's fourth and eight on the eight yard line. And the score is 35 to 20. And for whatever reason, Lynn elects to kick the field goal. And if the, and they make the kick, all right, great. Now what? The, and there's multiple reasons to me that this was such a poor decision. Um, I mean, we can start with, so let's, okay, you get the three points. And now what? It doesn't, honestly, it does nothing for you just because you're in the same situation. And the reason that kicking the field goal at that time to make the score 23 to 35 because you still need two touchdowns. So the Rams previously, the Rams had scored seven touchdowns on their previous 11 drives. And one of those, and of those on those 11 drives, one of those was the missed field goal. And the other one was the Derwin interception in the end zone. So essentially they were, they were scoring at like an, an amazing clip. They were ready to score on nine of their 11 possessions. And in the fourth quarter, when you needed to get a stop more than any, like, you know, when you just have to have a stop, you are betting on your defense to all of a sudden get a two stops and two possessions. That tells me that you just, you're, you're either incredibly delusional or you just, you're not understanding the game flow. You go, you go for it on that fourth and eight. You might get a penalty. Hopefully you get a touchdown. If you get neither of those at best, they have to go 92 yards. Well, you can either get a stop or they get a first down. You still get a stop and you get the ball back. That didn't happen. I mean, that didn't happen at the end of the game, which tells you why they should have kicked the touchdown to begin with. I don't know. There's just... There's just so many, so many things wrong about that decision, and it, it really just comes down to the game flow. Um, offense needed touchdowns. The offense would have needed a touchdown in order on both drives as well. So the pace was all bad too. Uh, just I don't know. It was, just, it was just off to me, and I really didn't like that. And we'll, we'll we'll just leave it at that with Lynn. As far as Wisenhan goes. I don't. I still think he uh, he just needs to get Austin Eckler involved more. And when I say that, I don't mean that he has to take away from Gordon. So Gordon had 15 carries for 80 yards yesterday. Um, he actually he surprisingly wasn't involved much in the passing game, and I I didn't agree with that. Uh, Gordon only had two catches for four yards. Uh, Eckler had three catches for 24 yards. I thought this was going to be the game that we saw the running backs heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, that didn't happen. And I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it hurt them, but the reason that Eckler needs to be more involved is just because they're not getting help anywhere else. So the coming into the game, this was 
primarily, uh, you know, the Rams are have load are loaded in the secondary. So coming into the game, Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib had combined like 35 yards given up in two games or something. Just crazy stats. So you know that Keenan Allen probably wasn't going to be um, a heavy just a big factor in the game that was just not going to happen just because they really are that good. Like they're on Keenan's level and not many people are. And it was good to see Mike Williams. Um, that, that's a, a positive takeaway that we can talk about that a little later, but coming into the game, you probably weren't going to count on Mike Williams having a big game and Gates hasn't done much to this point. So your weapons, your threats are Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And sure enough, Eckler had, I think he had seven touches for 71 yards you're not getting that production anywhere else. I think I think Wiz did a really good job just as far as coming up with plays to counter off Eckler, so to make it seem like a decoy, and that kind of helped Gordon. But at the same time, you still have to give him the ball, man. He's still one of your better players, and the offense does a really good job when you get him the ball. And sure enough, uh, he broke a long one for 32 yards. That's just when he gets the ball, it seems like that always happens with Eckler. Uh, his longest re- reception was for 15 yards. Just got to find ways to get him the ball more than seven uh, seven times a game. And again, that doesn't mean taking away from Gordon. You're just not getting help from anywhere else, especially Tyrell Williams, who's put up a donut essentially three games in a row. So we know that he's no longer the number two receiver, but I would say that after Keenan and Mike Williams and Melvin Gordon, it, it has to be Eckler. And I know that, you know, I can make a strong argument that Eckler is better than one of those three, but still we, um, the team just needs to do a better job of getting Eckler involved. So that's my, that's my biggest critic as far as uh, Ken Wisenhunt goes. All right. So just moving along to Gus Bradley, it was uh, it was rough, rough sledding for him. I don't think that it almost seemed like he thought that he could get pressure with four. And like the plan was to play coverage and sit back and kind of let let Jared Goff make plays or make Jared Goff beat you, which is fine. But the way that you make Jared Goff beat you is you have to get in his face. You have to make him uncomfortable. And that just wasn't happening at all. So I will be the first to acknowledge that it is very obvious that this team needs Joey Bosa. And this team needs Joey Bosa like yesterday. Bosa's as you know, Joseph Bosa is probably the best player on the defense, if not the team. And it just felt like yesterday, whenever Goff dropped back, he had like over four seconds. He had time to scan the field, time to make plays on that touchdown, that long touchdown in the second half where Trevor Williams misses a tackle on Cooper Cup and he breaks free. That play had to be over five seconds, man. He was in man coverage against Cup and he was doing like he was in position for most of the time. But the play lasted so long that Cup had time to turn up field. Williams is still relatively close, but he may, he missed the tackle. Of course, he has to miss the tackle. Um, of course, he has to make the tackle. But there were, there were a lot of plays like that yesterday where the secondary is doing a fine job. Um, they just weren't. They just had. They, there was no pass rush. There was no pass rush at all. I thought that uh, Bradley did a good job of moving Mel, Melvin Ingram around the formation. Like he was lined up on both sides he was lined up inside he was coming from up the middle and that was fine but the there was no new blitzes there's no new looks from bradley and i think that cost him and the rams were able to block them 
uh, they they just couldn't get to golf at all, really. And, and when I say they couldn't get to golf, I mean that just from like a consistent basis. I mean, Brandon Mebane had a sack. There, I really don't remember. I'm trying to remember who else. I think I think Ingram hit him. I think Nuosu hit him. But just as far as the pressure goes, only only getting three times when they drop back. Uh, golf had 36 attempts. That's just not going to cut it, man. So if this is Bradley's plan, come back, Bosa, please. Going to need you and need you in a hurry. So that uh, those are pretty much my my negative takeaways just from the game, from a coaching standpoint. From a player standpoint, I actually don't think the offense did. I, I, I will say this. I don't think the skill players were too bad. Melvin Ingram did a good job. I thought, I thought he did a good job of taking his runs and staying just basically getting North and South there. There was a couple instances where it seemed like he wanted to bounce it, but he, he didn't, he put his foot in the ground and ran up field. So I thought Gordon did a good job in that regard. Um, thus, Oh, I guess the, the negative play, that little trip play they ran with Keenan Allen and got him out of like position where he took a sack. I don't know what that was. It was a double reverse. So they handed it off to Eckler and then Eckler handed it to Keenan. I don't know. I don't remember who he was trying to throw to, but he there was nobody for him to throw it to. And he just sat back there and took the sack. So that was a bad play. But as far as getting back to the skill players, I thought, thought Rivers was fine. Rivers seemed to play within himself still. He's not, it didn't seem like he was forcing too many passes. So uh, that that's good Rivers for, three weeks in a row. If you just disregard that one in that one interception against uh, the chiefs early on receiving wise, um, man, Mike Williams really starting to come along here, seeing him deep, deep threats seem to be a target deep. That's good because the Chargers really, really need a deep threat. And I think it's good just because it tells you, you don't have to be like a crazy speedster. He's just using his size, man. And, and that and Rivers, you know, obviously Rivers loves these big targets. You go back to Malcolm Floyd, Vincent Jackson, and it's going well. So Williams is clearly the number two receiver, and he's looks like from the looks of it, he's creeping up on um, just Keenan Allen. And I don't, I don't mean that from like a talent standpoint. I just mean like in the scope of the offense. So man, if if Williams can keep this up, he's obviously he's not going to score two touchdowns a game, but. It's good to uh, it's good to see him get involved. It's good to see his role, hit they, them carve him out a role, and um, Williams be Williams be good in that role. Getting back to Tyrell Williams, man, he uh, they need him. They need something out of him, and that's a donut every week. Now he had two catches for twenty two yards. One was the uh, I think one he had a he took a short pass and he ran for a first down. Like that's that's. Good Tyrell, just because you can use his athleticism. Uh, he also had a, a carry where he he took it 14 yards, like a little jet sweep or reverse, whatever it was. That's good to see. But again, man, so over the course of the season, yesterday, three targets, 22 yards. Bills, three targets, 48 yards. Chiefs, five targets, eight yards. Uh, he was he was coming into the season. He was supposed to be the their their second threat why mike williams develops and that hasn't happened and it's pretty clear early on here that um they're probably just not going to get much out of tyrell 
And I mean, that's fine. That's if anything, it's going to be on the coaches moving forward to adjust. Um, it seems pretty simple to me. Just get Eckler involved more. The fumbles were really costly. And I know that with me bringing Eckler up, your mind will probably go straight to the fumble. But I mean, if, if that's your reaction, that's just, you're just completely missing the boat here. Players are going to fumble over the course of the season. It didn't, bother me that Keenan fumbled and he was fighting for extra yards. He got the first down. He just has to hold on to the ball. It, I'm pretty sure he's a left-hander. He had the ball in his left hand. He needs to have his ball on the outside. If he has his ball on the outside arm, uh, I forgot who it was. It might have been Tlaib. He doesn't poke that pass out. I'm pretty sure it was Tlaib. Tlaib doesn't poke the ball out. If he has the out ball in his outside arm, Tlaib punches the ball out and the ball probably scoots out of bounds. Um, Eckler just, again, trying to fight for more yards, but he loses the ball. Those are just plays that tend to happen over the course of the season. Uh, those fumbles didn't really bother me. Obviously, they were huge in the scope of the game and how the outcome of the game turned out. Chargers could certainly use those points. Um, I don't know if they were going to score on the Keenan Allen drive, but it was pretty clear that they're going to put points on the board in the with the Eckler fumble. But again, they needed a touchdown there. Defensively, uh, it was really nice to see Derwin get that interception. Um, that was that kept them in the game. The, the the only the only real takeaway that I have from the game was just that they were the team was just not ready to play the Rams. Uh, the Rams had the Rams are just cooking on all cylinders, man. McVay had Gus just spinning in circles, had no idea what to expect whether it was running, run up the middle, running to the right, play action. Uh, Woods had a big day. Woods had 10 catches for 104 yards. Brandon Cooks had seven catches for 90 yards. Cup had four for 71. Gurley, five for 51. That They were just incredibly efficient. Um, Woods had 11, 11 targets, and he caught 10 passes. So uh, Gurley had 23 carries, 405 yards. Their backup, Malcolm Brown, had five carries for 42 yards. So they averaged the Rams averaged 4.9 yards per carry on 35 attempts. That is pretty crazy. So they were having, they were essentially having their way through for 350 yards, ran for 171 yards, and they were pretty much getting whatever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to Chargers really didn't have much of an answer. Uh, Casey Hayward did not play well. Trevor Williams did not play well. Desmond King. This So this is what happens when you put Desmond King in man coverage. And this is why a lot of times um, underneath they play Desmond King in a zone, like in zone defense, just because we put him in man coverage. And I know he tested very well from an athlete, but something is missing. Like he doesn't have that juice. He doesn't have that explosiveness to just keep up with guys in man coverage. And it seemed like Woods cup were getting the best of him underneath and they just really didn't have another answer. Miss tackling was still a thing. I, I feel like a die missed four tackles. Uh, he's just coming and he flies up. And he's so out of control and early, like a, a, a really, really good back. The way that a die is going to tackle is just not going to work. So missed tackling was bad. Uh, that certainly helped too. That certainly helped the Rams keep the ball moving. 
but it really comes down to the pass rush. There is just no semblance of a pass rush, honestly. When when your nose tackle is the only person to record a sack or basically get in the backfield, that is a problem. Um, Darius finally had a good game. Week one, he has been AWOL the last two weeks. I don't even remember Justin Jones being on the field. Wosie didn't do much. Ingram... From what I remember, he didn't do much. I thought I actually thought Ingram played just going off memory. I thought he played well against the run. But what does that mean, man? This is a passing league. You have to be able to get after the passer and the Chargers were not able to get after the passer. So I wonder what the, the correction is going to be like next week. Obviously, that'd be great if Bosa played, but they're going to have to find ways to bring more heat with more guys. And whether that is rush Jatavis, Rush Derwin, Rush Perriman, just get other guys involved so that you're not putting pressure on the the D tackles like the Phylons and the Jones of the world, the Rochelles and the Wosus. Uh, just Just need something more. And whatever it is, they are not getting that at this time. Um. Positive takeaways. I do think that um, Mike Williams is very good. And it seems like he's going to be very good through three games. If you would have said, if you would have said by the third game, Williams has three touchdowns. I thought, I think you would be very, very happy with that. So on the season so far, he's caught 11 of his 15 targets, 189 yards, three touchdowns. I think all of us would be fine with that. And so 81 yards in two games and the one game, the, but the Bills game was he got a touchdown and that was pretty much over by the time the second quarter was. So uh, he's, he's been productive in every game and that's, it's really good to see um, positive on defense. I don't want to say Derwin just because, you know, he had the interception. It, it's when you give up 35 points and, that comes in three quarters. It's tough to find a positive. You think that they, they're going to have to figure out how to get, I don't even know who it is. You can't, it can't just be add Joey Bosa and everybody's back to normal. That's just not fair to Bosa. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show. It seems smart. It seems smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with the Jalil Adai, Desmond King conundrum because they have not been good early on here. And those are guys that play a ton of snaps. Adai doesn't come off the field. King plays like 70, 80% of the time. And if they can't cover, I mean, it's just putting more pressure on everybody else. Maybe it is time for Rayshon Jenkins to start getting the field, but I doubt that that happens. I, I can't wait till snap the snap counts come out because everybody was clamoring for no Kyle Emanuel. And I'm pretty sure sh- it felt like he didn't play over 10 snaps. 
So with him not playing many snaps, obviously that didn't make much of a difference. But one thing I do want to talk about is just like the realistic expectations. So coming into this game, I mean, the Chargers were seven point underdogs. They weren't going to win the game and it would have take it would have taken a lot for them to win the game. So with that, they did have their opportunities to win in the game. Obviously, Derwin James goes out of bounds, which I don't care what you say. If you've played the sport, you know that that is very tough to stop, to completely stop your momentum and stay in the end zone. But anyways, to that, um, running out of the end zone, um, they get the block punt in the end zone. The Eckler fumble, the Keenan fumble, just the, um, oh, the, the Kaiser White standing up and flexing over over Gurley, I believe it was Gurley in the first quarter after it would have been like second and long. And I mean, you just like your odds there on third and long as well. Gives the Rams the first down, Rams march it down the field. They do little stuff like that where you just you just can't do that. And that goes back to coaching. Like maybe they're maybe they're too they're too loose on it. Maybe Lynn is too, I don't want to say buddy buddy, but um something has to change and don't know some we need to figure out what that is or they need to figure out what that is because um these dumb mistakes keep happening uh special teams blunders keep happening i don't i however i don't know i really it is it's tough for me to acknowledge or to accept how you can be so bad at one thing for so long and not be able to nip that in the butt but i don't know man it's just as far as the special team goes, there is so much bad about them. And if you, even if you watch a team, just watch something as simple as when the other team is about to return a kick, count how many missed tackles the Chargers have. And it's just like the same thing every week. Pump block is obviously the extreme case, but when you continually make mistakes on special teams, a pump block is bound to happen. So, um, like, but just getting back to the, the overall outcome of the game, it's, tar- it's hard to be too upset about this just because we figured that the Rams were going to win the game. And it's not so much that they lost the game, it's how they lost the game. But we're talking about the Chargers, baby. They, uh, they're really good at coming up with ways to cost themselves the game. Today it was turnovers by players that we would have never thought we would have never thought Keenan Allen fumble the ball. We'd never thought, I mean, most people would have never thought Austin Eckler would fumble the ball in that situation, uh, the block touchdown. So there's turnovers right there. Uh, three turnovers right there. So if it's not one thing, it's the other. If it's not drop passes, it is fumbling the ball. If it's not Kyle Emanuel in coverage, it's just giving up huge chunk plays to the Rams. So, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is as simple as Bosa. Maybe Bosa really is that good. Who knows? But that is all I got for today. Uh, Next is the 49ers. Luckily for the Chargers, they will be facing a backup quarterback. So they should be able to get back to two and two. And I mean, one and two sounds bad, but one and two is a lot better than 0 and three. So with the 49ers on deck, you would think that they would win that game. So they have the 49ers, the Raiders, the Browns, the Titans, 
the Seahawks, the Raiders. That's their next six games. 49ers backup quarterback should be a win. Raiders haven't won a game should be a win. Charged on the road to the Browns. Browns have Baker Mayfield. By that time, I imagine you, we will have caught on to what Baker Mayfield is. Should be a win. Titans are have two quarterbacks, which means they have none. None of them are good. They have a solid defense, but should be a win. Seahawks on the road. I will say I don't think the Seahawks are very good, but on the road is always tough. And I don't know. I, I would think that that will be a win, but we'll just we'll say that's a loss. So they're one and two right now. 49ers, they should be three and two. Or sorry, 49ers, they should be two and two. Raiders should be three and two. Browns should be three and two. So, or sorry, four and two. So while while it seems like after this, after losing to the Rams, aka arguably the best team in the NFL. They have some very, very, very winnable games on deck. So I wouldn't say don't hit the panic button just yet. Let's let's talk back at the end of October and see where the see where the record is over the course of the next month, because they should be able to get back on schedule here. And hopefully they get Bosa back and they, they get things figured out as far as getting Eckler involved, getting Mike Williams involved and figuring out their personnel issues on defense. We know that the charge is going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. Uh, it's about if Rivers and company can overcome them and if they can just find a way to get more turnovers and sacks on defense. That's all I got today. We will be back with you next week. Take care, guys. I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.